Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, we love you. We thank you for your sacrifice through Jesus. And uh, we thank you that we are justified by faith and uh, that you're going to continue to do the good work in us until it's over. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, I'm going to continue with uh, Casting Down the Dragon, number six. Some very interesting things here. And we know we're having the victory because we're watching him being cast down. Amen. Okay, we're going to start out with Revelation, The Man, Child, and Bride, uh, Help the Little Sister to Escape the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Praise God. And this was given to Claire Pinar, 528-22. She said, I dreamed that Rion and I were in a large walled city that was modern but completely run down. Our names mean Little King and uh, Brilliant, representing the man, child, and bride. And I asked the Lord who Rion and I represent. My finger landed on Psalm 16 and 6 by faith at random. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Well, we know we look in the mirror to see our heritage and we come into that same image, don't we? Amen. There was no electricity, food, open shops, our cars running. This city represents worldwide Babylon, who has a body of people who are already being ruled by the beast. Well, we know in the natural, their economy is crashing because it was crooked, and the food is going down, and so all these things, you know. All these things are happening. Spiritually, they have no power of the Holy Spirit, no food of the Word, and they don't get anywhere in their spiritual walk. That's true. All of the city's inhabitants were sitting in an area or stadium in the middle of the city. It reminded me of the Roman Colosseum. In the emperor's box, there was a terrible emperor and his group of leaders, and uh, the emperor probably represents the elite of the deep state, right? They say there's about 3,000 of them that they're going after when they have martial law. We'll see. Martial law, they say, is going to happen uh, when the riots break out. Amen. 
So one of these leaders was a tall, stocky old woman with dark hair. And uh, she, she says the dark-haired woman in the emperor's box represents the harlot who rides the beast. Yes, indeed. They all had the mark of a red dragon on the backs and front uh, left pockets of their blazers and their ties. They were all identified as members of the dragon, right? Even the harlot, those that claim to be Christian, uh, are against the truth, are deceiving the people. And these blazers and ties are, are being dressed, or represent being dressed up in the works of Satan, because he is the dragon. And there were big banners of this red dragon all over the stadium. The people are mere spectators and pawns to what the rulers of this institution say. Sure, and they pledge allegiance to him too, by the way, not knowing. Rian and I, representing the man, child, and bride, were tasked with helping a young girl care for a newborn baby boy. Praise the Lord. Well, this young girl represents those who are coming out of the Babylonish apostate churches. She is the little sister of the bride, learning to care for her fruit of Christ in her, represented by the newborn baby boy. And uh, Song 8, 8 through 10 says, We have a little sister, and she hath no breasts, what shall we do for our sister in the day when she shall be spoken for? Amen. She had no confidence, authority, or knowledge on how to care for her baby. And you don't get that where she is. They have to come out from among them, and God will give wisdom, won't he? Well, the elect of God who are stuck in apostasy have not been taught by these false shepherds, how to feed their newborn spirit man. Psalm 58 and 3, uh, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Yes, they respect men at that particular time in their life, and they begin to speak what these men say. And uh, she was placed in the center of the stadium, and we had to help her, but not touch her. Okay, well, that, you can do that by faith and, and um, spoken word, can't you? Isaiah fifty two eleven says, Depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Cleanse yourselves, ye that bear the vessels of the Lord. Also, Jeremiah 15 and 19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, If thou return, then will I bring thee again, that thou mayest stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the vile, thou shalt be as my mouth. They shall return unto thee, but thou shalt not return unto them. Amen. Well, we pray that the Mother Church comes out too just like these uh, first fruit people coming out in these days. She was thin and pretty and dressed in a white wedding dress. 
Well, she appears to be innocent, but ignorant, and passing through the apostate church system. The apostate church considers themselves to be the bride of Christ, but they are not. And Jesus is coming again for a spotless and blemishless bride. God sees his elect as beautiful and in white because he sees the end from the beginning. This is true. When you're walking by faith, that's what God sees, right? He sees the finished product. She had a little veil over her face. Well, uh, because she is still veiled to the truth of who Jesus is. You know, 2 Corinthians three twelve through 18 says, Having therefore such a hope, we use great boldness of speech, and are not as Moses who put a veil upon his face, that the children of Israel should not look steadfastly on the end of that which was passing away. But their minds were hardened until this very day. At the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remaineth, it not being revealed to them that it is done away in Christ. Amen. And, uh, well, being under the law of man separates from Christ, just like being under the law of God. Uh, these are rules and regulations that don't apply today. Um, and uh, we need to come out from among them and follow the true word of God. Verse 15 says, But unto this day, whensoever Moses is read, a veil lieth upon their heart. But whensoever it shall turn unto the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. So this is the thing that is veiled to them, it is not by works, it is by grace, it's been done, see Jesus in the mirror, he lives in you and you died, right? The gospel is what's being veiled, the real gospel. The crowd booed every time she did something right, so she was very confused at the mixed signals, lots of times new beginners in the Lord um, reading the Bible, and they get confused when they go to church. And um, <laughs> she struggled to hear us and was really struggling to take care of her newborn boy. But she was making slow progress. And uh, these mixed feelings represent the fight between the flesh and the spirit for the saving of the soul. It also represents the spiritual fight we have to go through to come against everything that we've been taught in the harlot system. Amen. It became apparent to me that this young girl's mother was the harlot who was in the emperor's box. That makes sense. This mother had treated the young girl so poorly as a child, and the young girl kept wanting to blame, shame, or deflect 
all of her bad habits and incompetences on the dark-haired mother harlot in the emperor's box. Well, you know, when you're still a mom, you can't do much or say much about it. Well, many of God's elect don't want to take personal responsibility for their actions. Instead, they want to blame others. And a lot of Christians point back to the Catholic Church as a mother of harlots, not recognizing that they themselves are members of a darlet, a, a, a daughter of the harlot. And, uh, you know, because the Catholic Church is a mother of harlots. All the Protestant churches that came out of her didn't step out very far. So as they mature, they can see their own error, right? We, we need to see what we need to come out of, right? Rion and I were in an exclusive suite next to the stadium. Normally, these private suites are up at the top of the bleachers, but our suite was right next to the field on the ground level. And this represents that the man-child and bride company have humility and empathy with those who are God's elect, chosen to run the race and perform the work of growing their spirit man. Amen. Well, we know our little sister is our little sister, but some would make her the enemy. And this is hypocrisy, of course, because we've all come the same route. <laughs> um, and that is through the harlot. This, you, you don't get to know error any better than having come through and come out the other side, right? And uh, Rion kept on telling this young girl to look up, and I kept on telling her to pray. So the real good news of the gospel teaches us to look up at the sun, that's S-U-N slash S-O-N, and get our eyes off of ourselves. In Psalm 121, 1 to 3, we're told, I will lift up mine eyes unto the mountains, from whence shall my help come. My help cometh from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Amen. He is working in our behalf constantly. Well, eventually she saw her own self as the main problem, and she started crying. Then she picked up the baby and loved it. <laughs> yeah, she didn't know how to love the spiritual man, right? And uh, she finally recognized and appreciated her spiritual man and knew what it took uh, to raise the baby up, right? Well, praise God, Rion and I were so happy. True repentance and realizing the wickedness of the flesh that must be cut down to yield a greater love for the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. At this point in the dream, Michael came in our suite at the bottom of the stadium or arena. I believe Michael in this dream represents father because his name means who is like God. He asked us what we did with the young girl 
and we gave him a full account of her as he took notes. We didn't know if it was a good report, but both of us had clear consciences that we'd done what was required of us, and Michael was nodding and smiling. Well, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, right? And they were down on the field in, the, in, with, in to help the little sister. And um, Father has put the first fruits in places where we can help those who uh, he has chosen to come out from among them and to uh, realize the great mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. We know that he that's of God hears the words of God. So when you speak to these people, you will know that they will bear, those among them who are chosen to come out will bear fruit. They will hear the truth. Amen. The emperor decided then to kill us. <laughs> A siren blast sounded, and everyone in the stadium heard an announcement that was read, which stated that Rion and I uh, were to be found and killed. I did not hear the siren or the message, but I did see the people taken over immediately by bloodlust while they pursued us, and we had to run for our lives. Well, the dragon in church and state desires to devour the man-child and the bride, according to Revelation 12. And the more uh, Christ-like a person becomes, the more anti or against them the Antichrist is because these people are a threat. Most religious people are no threat, so they're not a problem. Okay, but when you grow up, you're a threat, because then it's Jesus, and you know what they did to Jesus, right? So the faction represented by the terrible emperor is a part of the dragon who is trying to devour the man-child and prevent him from helping the little sister. Um, in our own situation, the leader of the faction tried to destroy our website and took down our videos, which were raising up and teaching the little sister. So it fits. Uh, they will persecute, she said, all those in the man-child and bride companies for helping the little sister come out of their systems. They will, with one accord, be united against us. In Revelation twelve thirteen through 17, we read, And when the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman that brought forth the man-child. And there was given to the woman the two wings of the great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness unto her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth after the woman water as a river, that he might cause her to be carried away by the stream. Yes, the dragon is, um, by the way, the whole lost world inhabited by the devil, and he hates the bride and the man-child because they are a threat. 
and everywhere we ran, we came up short. We ran into dead-end streets, closed doors, etc. Even though we wanted to escape, I knew in my mind, in the dream, that every other city would be similar to this. But it seems this one uh, we were in was the worst. Well, Matthew 10 and 23, Jesus said, And when they persecute you in this city, flee to the next. Uh, for verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man be come. Notice it's the cities of Israel. There's uh, Christianity all around you. But is it Christianity? Well, no. Not when they persecute the man, child, and the bride. So, we ran to the west gate in this warehouse, and as we got there, a small army of men dressed in blue, Boy Scout uniforms, broke open the metal doors of this part of the city. For a second, I thought, our liberators are here. On their turquoise neckchiefs, uh, they had the fish symbol, and it said Baptist State University City. Whoa, that should be your, these are Christians, right? They should be your deliverers. They would protect and take care of you. But it's not been so throughout history. And I believe that this represents the immature, militant arm of the apostate churches. And uh, they do come against you, just like the mother comes against you. They were as well organized, if not better, than the leadership of the Dragon City. And um, it, it dawned on me then that there were, they were worse because they used the name or symbols of the Lord to control people. But they were no better than the leaders of the current Dragon City who were using the symbol of the dragon beast to control the people. So I asked the Lord uh, who the blue and red uniform people represent, and my finger landed on, you brood of vipers. <laughs> uh, from uh, Matthew 3 and 7, uh, in context 7 through 10. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said unto them, You offspring of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Uh, you know, of course, in some of these churches, you don't have to repent. You just accept. So therefore, you bring all of your trash into what you think is the kingdom, and it is not. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and think not to say within yourselves that we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And even now the axe lieth at the root of the tree. And every tree, therefore, that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire." Oh, they don't want to hear that. They don't believe that. That's once saved, always saved, right? Mm -hmm. I knew they were of the same beast because instead of hugging us and getting us to safety, they immediately took out clipboards and iPads 
and were very official in their speech. It was like they were making sure that they had all the right information from us before they would help us. Yes, they uh, questioned Jesus quite a bit, you know, to try to trap him in the things that he said. But a person who is not filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God have as much in common with the world as they do with the church because they're following their carnal reasoning. And these represent the organized apostate church systems whose doctrine is salvation by good works, right? And, of course, they tell you what the good works are. We know we enter into Christ's good works through faith. That gives us power to walk in the steps of Jesus, the original Jesus, right? It seemed that they still had electricity and food because they looked well and their uniforms were crisp, freshly pressed, and clean. Well, all those religious people who follow the mind of the flesh and the works of the flesh have the spiritual mark of the beast in their forehead and in their hand. And in many cases, these are once saved, always saved people who don't believe taking the mark is dangerous. Uh, the men had white plaster painted on their faces like clowns. Well, clowns are not real. They're foolish. They're putting on a show, right? But the, the plaster was so thick it looked like a mask, and I could not see their expressions. Well, as with all religious organizations, the pupils end up masking or mimicking their leaders. They were eerie and kept looking at their iPad screens to determine if they could harbor us or not. Well, looking at their computers for direction is like following the beast. <laughs> you know, uh, Rion and I were trying to be patient, but it was very difficult. It did not appear that we'd be leaving with these men anytime soon, and interestingly, the people from the stadium were not pursuing us with fervor any longer. Well, you know, if the devil can't trap you outside, he will try to trap you inside of what is being called Christianity. And if the enemy can't keep you from Christ, he will try sidetracking you with religion. The scene changed, and Rion and I were now in our home, which I think was still in the Dragon City. We returned to the rest because we realized that the Red Dragons and the Blue Boy Scouts could not help us escape. Amen. Second Corinthians 12 and 9 says, And he has said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Well, it's true. We've got to cease from our own religious works and follow the Holy Spirit. And to follow the Holy Spirit, you need to have the Holy Spirit with the evidences of what they received in the book of Acts. 
Well, now we really needed to get to the airport because we were still fleeing the big dragon city. Yep, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Amen. We must trust in abiding in Christ in the heavenlies and not in the works of men to save us from the beast or the dragon kingdom. Yes, true. The woman of a couple that we knew offered to drive us to the airport in her white car. We traveled on the R-25 highway, which becomes the P-91 highway, and she says, well, P-91 represents Psalm 91, which is abiding in the secret place of the Most High. Yep. And if it's the highway of holiness, just remember the beast cannot go up thereon, the Bible says. As we were driving with her, the sky became lighter and lighter, even though it was during the night. At 11.11 p.m., according to the car's clock, the sky was bright blue and the sun was shining like it was midday. Well, we know that 111 is the number of the man-child's birth. Everywhere it's taught, it teaches about or says anything about Jesus' birth, uh, 111 is the gematria. And even as we decided into greater darkness, or excuse me, descended into greater darkness in the natural, it means that the man-child anointing is closer and almost here. I'm, I, I'm agreeing with that. We are very close. And when the sun is directly overhead, there is no shadow cast. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the righteous is as the dawning light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Well, we know the perfect day is when there's no shadows, you know. And, of course, when the sun is straight up, there's no shadows. Praise God. And we, we grow in this way. Uh, we should be. Uh, and it will happen as long as a person is searching out the Word and seeking truth and not trusting in men. Amen. None of us were tired. We were energized by seeing the sun, S-U-N slash S-O-N, shine in the middle of the night. <laughs> we said we just stay awake like it's daytime and watch, uh, catch up on the sleep uh, when the night comes. So then the dream ended. And we know John 9 and 4 says, We must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Men. I asked the Lord for a verse by faith at random, and I received Psalm 62 and 2. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my high tower. I shall not be greatly moved. High tower was, of course, a place of safety. Uh, and that can be anywhere you are in this world, a place of safety, uh, if you're abiding in Christ, right? So I'll just um, back up just for a minute here and look at the context of what we're talking about. Um, and 
That would be Revelation 12, 1 through 17. This is where the whole story of the dragon and the woman is. Okay. Um, and a great sign was seen in heaven. A woman, this is the church. Didn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile. If you're in the church, you're in the church. Okay. Uh, the church whose position but not manifestation in Christ is. See, so when you read this description of this woman, you know that this is our position in Christ. This is seeing the end from the beginning, okay? And that's what we're supposed to do. Arrayed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars, which I believe is the doctrine of the 12 disciples, right? Amen. And she was with child, and she crieth out, travailing in birth, in pain to be delivered. And this, of course, is Jesus manifested by word and spirit in a corp corporate man-child body that is about to be birthed in the earth here. And just as all the other entities in this text are corporate bodies, so is this one. Okay. And there was seen another sign in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his heads seven diadems. And this is the first stage. The dragon here is the first stage of the beast who is made up of the seed of all seven world-ruling kingdoms, seven heads, uh, and all ten continental divisions, the ten horns. And, um, and his tail draweth a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Now, many people's doctrine is, is con totally contrary to this. The stars are the seed of Abraham by faith. We let the Bible do the interpreting, right? And uh, as God said, and the tail is the prophet that speaketh lies. Okay, so the prophet that speaketh lies is casting um, the seed of Abraham down to the earth. They're not in heavenly places, right? And the dragon standeth before the woman that is about to be delivered, that when she is delivered he may devour her child. Of course, that's Jesus. The devil knows. <laughs> and... Uh, of course, this is happening now. The devil is being cast down now, and he is now trying to uh, devour that child. And she was delivered of a son, a man-child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and unto his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness. And that is the tribulation. Okay, according to Revelation 12 and Revelation 17, it is the tribulation where she hath a place prepared of God that there they may nourish her a thousand two hundred and three score days. That is the first three and a half years of the tribulation when Jesus taught the woman in the wilderness or desert. Sometimes that's the same word in the Gospels. Okay. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels going forth to war with the dragon. 
and the dragon warred with and his angels, and they prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, he that is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. No more prince, power, prince of the powers of the air, right? He's being cast down now. He is losing his grip over the nations, ruled by the deep state Satanists. And a lot of people are going to get a revelation of this in the very near future, that this is uh, that the, we've been following and been led by uh, in the natural by these Satanists. And uh, they're being cast down by the saints through the alliance and spiritual warfare and, and by overcoming themselves, right? Amen. And I heard a great voice in heaven saying, Now is come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, who accuseth them before our God day and night, and they overcame him. Notice the saints who are exercising authority over Satan that Jesus gave them. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, he said. Right? Uh, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, they love not their life even unto death. And therefore rejoice, O heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe for the earth and for the sea because the devil is gone down unto you, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. So it's not that he's totally out of the picture because he's cast down from being the prince of the powers of the air, right? He's not completely out of the picture. And even uh, the, the beast kingdom that's conquering the Babylonish beast kingdom is a beast kingdom. <laughs> As everybody will ultimately realize. And when the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman that brought forth the man-child. And that woman is the church. And there were given to the woman the two wings of the great eagle to overcome the world. And who is it that's giving them these wings? It is the man-child, just as Jesus caused his disciples to be overcomers. And, uh, of course, caught up to the heavenlies is what we need. Standing on the earth is unholy ground, right? That she might fly into the wilderness unto her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the face of the serpent. So relatively, the first three and a half years of the tribulation they're being nourished by the man-child and raised up so that they can go against the beast and the harlot in the second three and a half years. And, of course, the beast and the harlot want to kill them. So everybody, either now or later, is going through this tribulation. And the serpent cast out of his mouth after the woman water as a river. Well, we know that out of our innermost being shall flow rivers of living water, the spake he of the Spirit, that they that believed on him were to receive. 
Well, there's also a river of lies that comes out of the mouth of the dragon to try to take the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the stream. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the river, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Well, you know, let me say, if you see the world swallowing it, if you see uh, the apostate Christians swallowing it, you know it's not good. <laughs> it's a very simple. Um, the worldly believe the lies. And the dragon waxed wroth with the woman, and went away to make war with the rest of her seed that keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. And the testimony of Jesus, by the way, is the spirit of prophecy, not the letter which um, the people who don't have the Holy Spirit lean upon, the letter. And they're always wrong, right? Yeah. So here's another one uh, we called uh, the dragon surrounding Mount Zion. And this is also Claire's on 11-26-21. I received this vision as I drove home one day as I was approaching our mountain, behind which is the town that we live in. Well, spiritually speaking, the bride lives in the cleft of the rock in the secret place of the Most High. And the town where the bride lives is Jerusalem or Zion. Okay. In the natural, this mountain that is before the town has a big cross that is naturally engraved into it. We and other believers have noticed it, and it provides much comfort to us when we drive back into town from the north or east. Well, this mountain represents the kingdom of the church. Amen. In the vision I saw a dragon made of the clouds. It had two horns, a collar, and its tail was super thick and long. It was draped around the mountain, but I could see the cross. And she said, I believe the Lord is using us, our town, and the cloud dragon as a parable. Of course, it's true. The Babylonish dragon has held the kingdom of the church as a whole in captivity and is now trying to take dominion over Zion the bride. And this is the way it was in uh, the Assyrian assault when they took over Israel but failed to conquer Zion. Amen. I asked the Lord what it represented, and he said, This is a very oppressive spirit over the town. It is trying to overtake all who live there. Uh, use your sword. So the bride must do spiritual warfare to cast down the dominion of the dragon over their town, right? I asked the Lord for a word by faith at random and received Ezekiel 30 and 25 with my finger on, Pharaoh shall fall down. Hmm. And I will hold up the arms of the king of Babylon 
and the arms of Pharaoh shall fall down. They shall know that I am the Lord when I shall put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall stretch it out upon the land of Egypt. Of course, the land of Egypt represents the old man who was ruling over the slaves who were God's people. Okay. So, God is going to conquer the old man who is coming against God's people, and that includes uh, the faction out there you know, that's trying to bring God's people into bondage, right? Pharaoh was called a dragon in Scripture. In Ezekiel 29 and 3, it says, Speak and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great monster. And that word monster is the, in the word is uh, translated as dragon, um, as in the King James Version. It's also the word for dragon. That lieth in the midst of his rivers, which hath said, My river is mine own and I have made it for myself. So the old man who keeps God's people in bondage uh, is a member of the dragon. Mm -hmm. Just like the Boy Scouts there were, right? Member of the dragon. So I am praying, and we are at war, and we are victorious. Incidentally, we had praise songs playing all the way home. So we had already sent the praisers out as the children and I belted out the songs joyfully. Well, praising the Lord for the victory already won by Jesus Christ will cast down the dragon through our faith, right? Second Chronicles 20, 20 through 25, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. And ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Not the modern day prophets, by the way. Um, and when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed them that should sing unto the Lord and give praise in holy array as they went out before the army. And say, Give thanks unto the Lord, for his loving kindness endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set liars in wait against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sur, that were come against Judah, and uh, they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sur, and utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sir, everyone helped to destroy another. So God will faction the faction. Mm -hmm. Just like they're ratting on one another as the um, alliance tracks down these deep state criminals, so it will be in the church. And when uh, Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked upon the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and there were none that escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches and dead bodies, and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. 
and they were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. Yes, the spoiling of the beast is coming. Amen. So, this is a revelation given to Theo Galchenko, 6522. And we call it Slaying Our Little Dragon Beasts. Amen. Theo said, My dream started with a crocodile-like body that my dad, we believe representing the father, was teaching me how to control. Well, I believe this represents our portion of the dragon that has been given us to conquer, and that is our flesh. The flesh is the enemy of God, as the Word says. He showed me how to grab the mouth so it does not bite me, and how to avoid its teeth. Well, we have to control the mouth or it will come back to bite us. <laughs> Simple. Okay. And uh, he said this crocodile-like body then became a dragon that was human-like. And it was not an adult, yet as the wings were not fully developed and the body was still covered with brown fuzz. Well, we know the dragon of Revelation 12 is the body of all lost mankind, and the flesh is also a part of it. It's lost too, right? We knew that this dragon was going to get dangerous if we let it live longer and grow bigger. We needed to destroy him while he was still young. Well, yes, the flesh fights against us and wants to devour us, and uh, we must put it to death daily and uh, so he doesn't grow to overcome us, right? I would hold him by the back of the neck, and his horns would poke and scratch my hand as he twisted and tried to get free. Well, the flesh wants freedom. You must not let it have its freedom, right? Because it grows when it has freedom. And it grows out of control. I told a nearby person to bring me my shotgun. And he brought it, but never loaded it. I sent him back to get ammo while I wrestled with this dragon slash human. And the human, of course, is self here. Well, the shot of the, the shotgun represents the words of God. It can't be killed without the promises represented by the ammo, right? The dragon was upset that my two sons, Theo and Max, did not like him and that they were afraid or uneasy around him. <laughs> yeah. Well, our fruit of Christ, represented by the sons, is our spiritual man and is at enmity with the flesh and just wants it gone. Amen. Galatians 5 and 17, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary to one to the other, that ye may not do the things that ye would. Well, at this point, the dream changed, and the dragon was gone, but some people brought to me a container filled with the dragon's blood. And then I woke up. Well, we don't want the dragon's blood. It represents the old life, the corrupt life, sinful life, 
right? The death of our portion of the dragon frees the spiritual man. And the blood of the flesh is full of the Adamic nature of sin. And Jesus replaced that with his blood, right? Amen. We, uh, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Amen. So here's one, uh, Chuck Asagata, 6-3-22, received. We called it the dragon's witchcraft is defeated. Oh, praise God. Uh, well, Chuck means to throw something out or away. And that represents the righteous who war with the swamp and drain it, right? And uh, Chuck said, I dreamt that I was driving down an empty and deserted highway in a dune buggy. Well, the highway of holiness has been deserted by the majority of Christianity. Only the first fruits are currently traveling on it. A dune buggy is uh, mobile in sand. That's what it is, a dune buggy which is God's identification for the seed of Abraham, the Christians. He said, I then saw an old woman with long gray hair. Well, as we will see, this is a factious witch that was uh, exposed and left UBM. And she probably represents all of them. Okay. She was throwing some strange and unique-looking ninja stars. Well, ninja stars are one of the ninja's primary defensive weapons used as delaying tactic, and although this woman was using them to kill and cause harm. Well, we know that the factious people are throwing their witchcraft curses at the righteous, and their slander is to bring anyone who fails the test of love and truth to spiritual death with them. That's what happened to them. They failed the test, and they were delivered over. So this old woman was uh, throwing these stars for practice in an area that I would describe as a mini golf course, but for ninja star-throwing practice. And there was a little girl who was fetching the stars for the woman after she would throw them. Well, I think this represents those immature in obedience and faith who have been among us who ended up being accomplices before they left. But we thank God for this process of cleansing um, the tares and we thank God is coming to an end, too. As I crept past them, I realized this woman was a factious witch who left UBM. Her name represents accusing others of wrongdoing, literally. <laughs> the devil is the accuser of the brethren, and he has lots of helpers. Uh, she is just a symbol of the witchcraft that's in all of the faction. I crept in between them and what looked like a tennis ball shooter, but was actually a ninja star shooter. 
I drove past her and kept going down the empty highways, and I noticed a stray ninja star on the ground. The star had sharp blade edges like a normal ninja star, but was shaped like a military vehicle with blades surrounding it. Well, they are very militant, like the fascist Nazis in church and state who tried to force their will, their hatred, their slander, and their corruption on others. And this is a test to see who will choose faithfulness to the Word, who is Jesus. I grabbed the ninja star and continued to drive, and then noticed that the factious witch was behind me, facing me. I turned around in the vehicle to face her, as the doom buggy was still rolling down the highway. The witch was aware that I picked up her stray weapon, the ninja star, and she then whipped a ninja star at me with precise aim. Well, we had dreams where the faction, the faction's own weapons or curses were being thrown back at them by the angels who are our ministering spirits. Amen. And the Lord said, I will curse them that curse thee. Amen. So we can't send our own curses, but every trap that they lay, they must fall into it, as the Scripture says. And they must reap what they sow. So therefore, what they do to others will come upon them. And as the Lord said, I will curse them that curse thee. Of course, their rulers tell them that we're the ones cursing them, but actually they are cursing themselves. The curse that is causeless alighteth not. I tried to dodge this star, but it did hit me on my right shoulder. However, I was unaffected. Yeah. Well, as we mature in warfare, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, and we become immune to them through exercising repentance and faith in the Word. And Jesus gave us all authority over their curses to bind them. And the Lord showed us our guardian angels will throw their weapons and traps back on them. I seemingly absorbed the star, and it did not harm me. I whipped uh, Ninja Star back at her. That's her own Ninja Star back at her, and it hit her. And this is all happening as the dune buggy is still rolling down the highway, and I am uh, turned around to face her. Well, had a boy, Chuck. Chuck him right? And uh, she then whipped another star at me with precision, but I don't remember if it hit me. Uh, maybe because by this point it didn't matter because it was not hurt. I was not hurt by her attacks. And although she appeared very skillful at what she was doing, I whipped another star at her and hit her in the center of her chest. Uh, he has parenthesis heart or the center of her forehead 
but I cannot really recall exactly which. I believe she was hit in the chest area or heart. Well, both the heart of evil and the mind of the flesh are symbolized here. Right? They will reap what they sow. The witch and I were now in a more confrontational position, which is on a sidewalk curved to the right, and I was out of the vehicle. Well, that's his territory. He's on the right, right? The witch better not mess with him in that territory. <laughs> and witchcraft cannot prosper against us when we are in the right. You understand? Isaiah 54 and 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Now, he didn't say against any Christian, you know, but those who are saints or sanctified ones who are walking after the Lord and justified by faith, they have this right. No weapon that's formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness, which is of me, saith the Lord. Then I saw a large video screen display uh, on the outer edge of the bend, like what you see in Times Square, New York City. I punched the witch in the face in retaliation against her assaults on me which seemed very strange for me to do because I wouldn't punch a woman, let alone an old one, in real life. <laughs> well, I think that the Lord spoke to me here. He said, to deface someone is to change people's view of them. Declass of their sins is doing just this by revealing their sins to the world. This, of course, is a defense uh, to Christianity. If they know what these people are doing, then they know about their traps, right? And this is happening in the world with the factious deep state, just as it is happening in the church with our own faction. The little girl was still with her, but she had aged a bit in that time, and she was now older, but still a young girl. Well, I believe that perhaps some of the accomplices will mature a bit as they see the loss of the faction, and we have dreams where this happened. Amen. I waved my right hand in front of the witch, and she became just a video image on a screen, on that screen that he saw, like similar to the one in New York City as if she was sent there and was now stuck and could no longer cause anyone harm. Well, that, that was a place of revealing, right? And the Lord has been revealing these people and their evil sins to ward people away, right? And um, the words that came to me when I came to this point in this dream was that passeth away. So listen to these verses. Isaiah 29 and 5, But the multitude of thy foes shall be like small dust, 
and the multitude of the terrible ones as chaff that passeth away. Yea, it shall be in an instant suddenly. Hmm. Also Jeremiah 13 and 24. Therefore will I scatter them as the stubble that passeth away <clears throat> by the wind of the wilderness. And another one, Hosea 13 and 3. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud and as the dew that passeth early away, as the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the threshing floor, and as the smoke out of the chimney. Well, we know that this is going to happen. We've had all the dreams about it and so on and so forth. And this is, of course, the trial and testing of the first fruits, but there's also a trial and testing coming for the church. And God will raise up new factions at that time, including the government too, yes. So here's some words that we just received by random when we got this. Psalm 94, 1 through 11. O Lord, thou God to whom vengeance belongeth, thou God to whom vengeance belongeth, shine forth. Lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth, Render to the proud their desert. The Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? They prate, they speak arrogantly. All the workers of iniquity boast themselves. That's how they get in trouble. Because <laughs> we find out about that. They break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict thy heritage. They slay the widow and the sojourner, and murder the fatherless. And they say, The Lord will not see, neither will the God of Jacob consider. Consider ye brutish among the people, and ye fools. When will ye be wise? He that planteth the ear shall he not hear. He that formeth the eye shall he not see. He that chastiseth the nations shall not he correct. Even he that teacheth man knowledge. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. Amen. And also Psalm uh, 118, 12 through 17. They compassed me about like bees. Now we got all these by faith at random in the morning, right? Um. And they are quenched as the fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord I will cut them off. Thou didst thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. I asked the Lord for a word about uh, the faction, and I put my finger down in the middle of Psalm 109, which is a curse, uh, which is not from man, but from God. 
and it's on the factious. Psalm 109, 1 through 31, and it is a psalm of David. Hold not thy peace, O God, of my praise. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of deceit have they opened against me. They have spoken unto me with a lying tongue. They have compassed me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. For my love they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Uh, the Bible says, He that returneth evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. Now we know people that have been in this demonic trap for many years now. And it's because they reward evil for good. Set thou a wicked man over him, and let an adversary stand at his right hand. Yes, and that's exactly what's happened. Adversary, of course, is a demon working for the devil, who is the accuser. And when he is judged, let him come forth guilty, and let his prayer be turned into sin. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Well, you'll recognize Judas here, who was a factious person. Right? Let his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. And let his children be vagabonds, and beg. And let them seek their bread out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he hath, and let strangers make spoil of his labor. Well, they use their position. That's what an extortioner does. They use their position with you uh, while they're with you to steal from you with deception. And that's because they have no faith that God will help them. Zero. Verse 12. Let there be none to extend kindness unto him, neither let there be any to have pity on his fatherless children. And let his posterity be cut off in the generation following. Let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord. And let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. Because he remembered not, to show kindness, but persecuted the poor and needy man, and the broken in heart to slay them. Yea, he loved cursing, and it came unto him. He delighted not in blessing, and it was far from him. He clothed himself also with cursing as with his garment, and it came into his inward parts like water like oil into his bones. Let it be unto him as the raiment wherewith he covereth himself, and for the girdle wherewith he is girded continually. This is the reward of mine adversaries from the Lord. Notice it's from the Lord. And of them that speak evil against my soul. But deal thou with me, O Lord, 
uh, for thy name's sake, because thy loving kindness is good. Deliver thou me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like the shadow when it declineth, and I am tossed up and down as the locusts. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh faileth of fatness. I am become also a reproach unto them. When they see me, they shake their head. Help me, O Lord my God, O save me according to thy loving kindness, that they may know that this is thy hand, that thou, Lord, hast done it. Well, their leaders tell them that their curse is our fault, <laughs> but the curse that is causeless alighteth not. Let them curse, but bless thou. When they arise, they shall be put to shame, but thy servant shall rejoice. Let mine adversaries be clothed with dishonor, and let them cover themselves with their own shame as with a robe. I will give thanks unto the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude. For he will stand at the right hand of the needy to save him from them that judge his soul. Yes, Luke 6 and 37 says, And judge not, and you shall not be judged. And condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Release, and you shall be released. Some people say, well, David, what are you doing here uh, judging them? We are giving revelations that come from the Lord that he wants released. We are letting the Lord do the judge, right? He is the judge. And he tells you what he's going to do here. So uh, we got this next revelation from Outpouring Gates. And uh, we don't know the name of the man because he doesn't give it. Um, but we called it Worldwide Shakings, Satan Cast to the Earth, 144,000 Revealed. Okay. Well, the Lord gave me two single words. This man said, he said, world shaking. I don't have a time frame on this. I don't know when, but what I can say is this is coming. I saw these two words, and then I was taken in a vision, and I'm going to try to describe the best way I can. It was like an, an epic movie, but a thousand times more intense. I saw the whole of planet Earth from space, and it was shaking. At first, it wasn't a violent shaking, but it was just rumbling really hard. And there were cracks happening throughout the world, dispersed in diagonal patterns, horizontal patterns, and vertical patterns. And as I was watching, uh, I was like, how does anybody survive this? It became so violent. This was a worldwide earthquake. Well, you know, sometimes the Lord uses a singular to represent a corporate. And uh, this is, I believe, earthquakes that are going to go around the world. 
but it's many earthquakes. Okay. Well, even though he's interpreting many of the events in the vision literally, uh, I believe this worldwide shaking will be a time of spiritual shakings for the elect of God. And we know uh, from scriptures that there will be many violent earthquakes when Jesus returns in his man-child reformers. And that's at the beginning of the tribulation, okay? The cracks were going through the oceans and land, he said. Well, the Bible says that oceans or seas represent peoples, tribes, nations, and tongues. And it did not matter, he said. It was just obliterating everything. The whole earth was in an earthquake. And he said it will literally be by the grace of God that people survive this thing because the earth shook so hard that the cracks were like miles wide in some cases, it seemed like. Well, um, we know that the deep state has seismic weapons, and according to dreams, they will use them. Insiders in the war against the deep state have warned to expect the largest earthquakes that we have ever seen. And we, and this, of course, is retaliation against the alliance, right, and the peoples because they want to depopulate. But we have shown that their tr uh, fracking has a pattern, too, sometimes in a straight line across the country for the purpose of steering they're earthquakes. Yes, I've, we've had uh, programs on this where literally you could see a straight line across the country where they fracked in certain places. And, of course, fracking hydraulically cracks the ground, the earth, the rocks, everything. Also, there will be spiritual shaking for the elect people of God uh, leading to a great revival and probably scattering some towards um, the refuges, right? There will be, I believe, a lot of refugees in our country, okay? From my vantage point from outer space, I thought that kind of crack could cave in parts of oceans. Oceans would just start to dive into these cracks, so then, as I'm looking directly at planet Earth, out of my right periphery, I'm watching planet X come, and it was so big. This planet was massive, and it was pitch black. But it had these red cracks in it, and it seemed like it wasn't solid, but it was. Well, it's dark, because the face... Uh, towards us would be blocking the sun rather than reflecting it. In other words, we would see it on um, the dark side. Uh, Planet X was called by the Egyptians the destroyer, and sometimes it was called by others the dragon because its appearance was with this long red tail. And it appears to have uh, brought the Passover and the Red Sea judgments. Um, we're not saying God didn't bring them. We know God did bring them, but God uses uh, physical things so that physical people don't get see through what's going on. 
Uh, and it appears to have brought the Passover and Red Sea judgments. But, but X means 10, which is the number of the law and judgment. And we know from history that this is a literal planet and that God will use it for judgments described in the scriptures. So, um, he went on to say, the atmosphere of this planet was so thick with black darkness as it came past the earth so very quickly in a moment. There was this big transfer of black mist from the planet to the earth. But it was really just demons transferring to the earth really quickly. So he's, he's sharing what he sees as spiritual revelations in the midst of this physical revelation, right? Demons don't need a planet, contrary to popular opinion out there. Uh, they don't need a planet to live on. They're spirits. But they could use this occasion of darkness to spread their alien deception, and they could be cast down to the earth here too, representing Satan casting uh, uh, cast down to the earth. And then, he said, the scene changed, and these demons were in cities, and they were flying. They appeared as bat demons. And, of course, this is a spiritual revelation here. They had weapons and spears. As these demons were attacking people, I saw these saints flying in the air behind them, and they were hovering high above where these demons were, attacking the people. Okay. So they um, are looking down on these demons, right? Well, I believe this represents the saints, meaning sanctified ones uh, who are warring in heavenly places against the demon forces. And the first fruits will be anointed with power from on high to war against Satan and his, de- his demons. Revelation 12, 7 through 12. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels going forth to war with the dragon, and the dragon warred and his angels, and they prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, he that's called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. And then verse 11, And they overcame him, that is the saints, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe for the earth and for the sea, because the devil is gone down unto you, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. So the saints were like superheroes, Without capes, he said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this reminds me of uh, a dream Garrett Crawford had where once the anointing was poured out on the saints, they looked like superheroes. That's what he said. Okay, we call this the anointing of the first fruits. Garrett Crawford, 724 of 08. 
I would like to share a dream I was given within days and or weeks of finding UBM in the fall of 2006. I was standing in a plain, uh, a wilderness in other words, all by myself. I looked off into the distance and I could see someone or something coming towards me. And it got closer. Uh, I could make it out as a cloud. Within seconds, it was right beside me, and on this cloud sat a messenger from God. He had an invitation for me. It was in the form of a large golden telegram that was reminiscent of the golden tickets in the Willy Wonka movie. In other words, a ticket to visit a wondrous land, right? <laughs> he said this was a, an invitation to attend a revival that was taking place in the mountains of the Yukon. Well, meaning great river, in other words, of the waters of life, right? That's how I see the mountains of Yukon. As soon as I took the golden invitation, I found myself high above the earth, flying over North America to the far left corner of the continent. This only took a matter, a matter of seconds as I flew thousands of miles across the nation and found myself at the foot of a snowy white mountain. I began to walk up this mountain, and as I walked, I looked down and I saw that I had no shoes on. Well, we are to climb the kingdom of God, which in Daniel 2 and 44 is a mountain. And God demands that we take off our shoes when we are on his holy ground, so that we are not separated from his holiness. Okay? I could not believe it. I had no shoes walking in the snow, but my feet were not cold at all. So I kept walking up the mountain. And after a long trek up, I made it to a stream and began to walk through the stream that flowed from the top of the mountain. Uh, I believe this represents walking in the rivers of the water of life, the word of God that cleanses our walk and gives us power with the Lord. Amen. There were large square stones that were placed in the middle of the stream for me to walk on. These stones were crafted and had a decorative border on them. I believe this represents the foundations that are laid by the apostles and prophets. Amen. They were massive in size must have weighed tons for just one of them. I continued to walk on these stones until I made it to the beginning of the stream in a small clearing at the top of the mountain. So that's uh, the source of the river of the water of life. And it is the throne of God and the Lamb, as Revelation 22.1 says. Amen. On top of the mountain, I saw a group of people who were standing on the bank of the stream. They were all lined up in a straight line, 
and something very, very supernatural was happening to them. Well, these are the first fruits to be anointed with the latter rain and uh, the beginning of the tribulation. Okay, Revelation 14 and 1. And I saw and behold the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand. That's the man-child body. Having his name and the name of his Father written on their foreheads. Amen. The name is the nature, character, and authority on their foreheads represents the mind of the Spirit, right? These are they that were not defiled with women. That is the denomination and sects that uh, are a part of the harlot. For they are virgins. These are they that follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were purchased from among men to be first fruits unto God and unto the Lamb. Something was being poured on them from the heavens. Well, this is um, the coming of the Lord in his people through the latter rain anointing. Hosea 6 and 3 says, He will come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain that watereth the earth. It was like water that glittered and, and shone brightly. It was so glorious, it seemed that the water was actually liquid glory. Well, 2 Corinthians 3.18 again, But we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. And that is star glory, moon glory, and ultimately sun glory. Okay. As I watched, each one of these people receive this water were transformed into a more powerful being, received his own special gift, and so on. I even saw one grow what seemed like angel-type wings. And I believe that this represents the ability to move supernaturally by translation. They will be able to pass these gifts on to disciples, as Jesus did. Philip translated, for instance, I know this sounds crazy, but they resembled superheroes, Garrett said. More like Christ in you, the hope of glory, I would think. And then I fell on my face and started praising God. Well, praise the Lord. Next, I heard one call out to the rest. The world hates us now. They hate us. Hmm. Yes, well, the closer you get to Jesus, the more they will hate you. That is the norm. In uh, John 15 and 18, If the world hateth you, you know that it hath hated me before it hated you. He seemed very troubled by this, and I got this feeling that his hatred came on so quick that he could not understand why it was happening. 
And that is when I was given the understanding that these people were to be sent back out into the world with their power and given gifts to overcome the world. Well, that's just as their master, who was a type of them, did, right? And that's when uh, I became bold and full of faith and said back to him in complete confidence, Why do you question this? Did not the Master tell us this was supposed to happen? The world is supposed to hate us. Yes, that's where our crucifixion comes from. And this is, of course, uh, speaking about the beginning of the Great Revival at the beginning of the Tribulation. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to Outpouring Gates vision here. <clears throat> and then I saw an insane overtaking. The demons did not see the saints coming. They were flying in groups, and it was like a wave overtaking all of these demonic powers. They were clearing them out. Yes, draining their swamp. <laughs> And as I was watching this, I heard the Lord say, Clearing out the mess. And then the Lord began to speak to me after coming out of the vision. And he said, Salvation to the people will take place. He said, I will be their Savior again. I will reveal my 144,000 to the world. And as we've already shown you, the 144,000 in Revelation 14 are the man-child body in Revelation 12. It is the same, one and the same. Uh, they will be ready, purposed, and trained, he said. Justice League is their true purpose. My justice will flow through them. Healings will happen. Powers never seen before will be taking place. Then God took me into another vision after he said this. And this is uh, strictly a spiritual parable that we're going to look at here. And he said, And I saw this little Caucasian girl in regular clothing with blonde hair who was a part of the 144,000. And with her itty-bitty little fingers, she was swirling this massive thunderstorm, ra rotating it. And it looked like a thunderstorm, but it was also a tornado. At the same time as she was doing this, the clouds that started swirling at her finger went up into the sky. Okay. So this is a parable, and we have to rightly divide the word. This is spiritual, not physical. The little blonde girl represents a small body of people, just like the man-child. A body of people are often symbolized as feminine in Scripture, like the body of the church and the bride and the harlot. Notice these are all feminine. And even though many of these people in the church, the bride and the harlot, are male in the natural. So in the natural, they were a, a, a certain gender, but in the spirit, they were feminine because 
There's a purpose here. So a body of physical men can be represented spiritually as female to demonstrate good principles. Female here represents that they are able to receive the seed of the husband in fertile ground, as in the parable of the sower who bore fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. We know that females bear fruit, right? So hair is a sign of submission in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Blonde hair represents submitted to the sun, slash S-O-N, which is blonde. So uh, the color of your hair can represent what you're being submitted to. It could be dark hair, you're submitted to darkness. It could be blonde hair, submitted to the sun, S-U-N slash S-O-N, right? And he also is our husband because we only receive his seed, which uh, the parable of the sower says in his, is his word. His seed is his word. Men and women receive his seed, which uh, I obviously you can see that that's feminine because the feminine is one that receives the seed, right? The harlot received the seed, which was not that of her husband, but of the world. Even though many of them are physically men. So we're talking about one thing physically and another thing spiritually. Okay, the man child physically is a man, but spiritually has these women attributes. Okay, this Caucasian, which represents white or pure girl, represents spiritually a corporate body of the first fruits man child body of a hundred and forty four thousand, even though literally. Some of these are physically even black men. So they're one thing in the flesh and another in the spirit. Now we have rules for those who are men and women in the flesh. We must obey those rules because we are in this flesh. We must obey the rules that are given for men and women. The thunderstorm here represents the power and authority that will come with the former and the latter rain anointing on the man-child. So they are physically a man-child because only men are permitted to teach or take authority over men in the New Testament Scripture. And Jesus only chose men to take a position like this in the twelve and the seventy, uh, or as bishops and overseers in the rest of the New Testament scriptures, it was men. Um, if a man seeks the office of a bishop, right? Okay, uh, he must be the the husband of one wife. Uh, okay, so we know that this is very plain. Uh, Man-childs have been identified all through the scriptures as men, like Moses, David, Joseph, Daniel, Ezekiel, Jesus, etc., etc. And they all showed signs of being man-childs in their day. 
and they were reformers. Okay, they were able to teach men who are the head of families. They are able to teach men. Women are not permitted to do that. I permit not the woman to teach or to take authority over the man. So you see, this is a good revelation of attributes uh, giving, given to the man-child. Uh, we have to never um, add to or take from the precedent of Scripture or we are brought under the last curse that's written in the book, right? And he went on to say, There was a demon way over to the right who did not notice what was going on. She then sent the thunderstorm with her finger, and the demon looked at it and was in shock and was overtaken by this thunderstorm and uh, was sent flying like hundreds of miles away. So this has to be in the spirit because thunderstorms don't affect demons at all. It is physical coming against spiritual. It just goes right through them. But uh, in the spirit realm, we can uh, manifest this power. And when I saw this, I was like, whoa, this little girl, she's a part of the 144,000. That's cool. <laughs> so in this uh, parable, she represents all of the man-child. Um, the bride who were submitted to the man-child Jesus were spiritually identified by John the Baptist uh, as Jesus' first disciples who were all men, physically. Okay? So he called on the bride. He said, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. These men were following Jesus, and he was calling them the bride. They have a feminine attribute here, you see, in the, in the spiritual realm. But they have rules in the physical realm that they must obey. And Jesus chose, rightly so, men to be the heads as the Scripture says, must happen. Then the Lord took me out of that vision, and that was the end of it. And the Lord said this, Seek me for more of this revealed. Well, that's just what we just did. Okay. I will do great and awesome acts of my glory to showcase that I am the I am, he said. He said, have faith and know that I am who I am and have not given Satan the control. Leave the world. Stick with me. I have the plans. Not one has thought that has, excuse me. I have the plans not one has thought of. Yes, true. And that was the end of that word. Oh, praise the Lord. How awesome. How awesome that um, God has given us this wonderful parable and all these wonderful parables to show the anointing and the power that he is going to invest in his first fruits people. We know that Jesus uh, invested in the bride, who was those first fruits disciples who were men, the same authority and power and anointing. And they went forth, and they were called Christians because 
They spoke the words of Jesus, and they did the miracles of Jesus. And Jesus said from the very beginning, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. If we believe on him as the scripture has said, out of our innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit that they that believed on him were to receive. Right? Amen. So, great power is going to go forth from the bride, through the bride, to touch um, the church and to raise up the church. Remember, Jesus was bridegroom. He sent forth the bride uh, into the apostate church to raise up a church out from among them, right? Isn't that the pattern? Yes, and that's what's going to happen in these days. So when the man-child ministry starts, he's going to raise up in the first three and a half years the bride who is then going to turn and do the exact same thing on a much larger scale than the man-child could because the bride is a much larger group of people, right? And so the revival will spread quickly throughout the earth. How awesome. How awesome. Lord, we pray that your man-child come quickly. We've had some awesome signs and uh, repetitive here recently that make us think, yes, it's soon. Well, Lord, let it be our soon. <laughs> let it be quickly, Lord, because the earth needs you. We need your direction we know that the man-child will know exactly what to do, when to do, who to do, so on and so forth. We don't like making mistakes, Lord. And we know that Christ in us does not make a mistake. And we pray, Lord, that the Lord Jesus come and manifest his life in us so that we make every step perfect. And, uh, Lord, we know that this is how in uh, the last seven years uh, that the church is going to be revived and come into the image that it once was and into the image of Jesus Christ. And this is going to shake the world. Shake the world. Yes. So there is more than one kind of shaking of the world here <laughs> being shown in this last revelation here. Father, we thank you for the great shaking that you're going to do in delivering your people from the bondages of um, the apostate church and the apostate leaders. We know that you have said, you have told us very plainly that this Babylonish beast is going to bring down the leadership of the apostate church. Well, this has happened. We're finding out that a lot of the leadership of the apostate church is doing the same kind of sins and evil that the deep state is doing in their underground cities and tunnels and every place that they do their evil, dirty work. And perversion is a part of it. Perversion is in all of these people who have followed that way. Perversion. Sexual perversion. Evil 
beyond anything we've ever seen, and it's covering the globe. And the Lord is going to give us a chance in this coming tribulation by bringing that down. He is casting Satan down to the earth. And, of course, this is going to be an opportunity for more people to receive the gospel. At the same time, raising up Jesus in the people is something that angers the devil greatly. Um, He wants to bring all of us to where he is. That's his plan. And uh, let me say the greatest um, um, presence here on the earth at the time of the man-child is the man-child because Jesus lives in them just like he will live in you if you put that word in your heart and you receive the power of his Holy Spirit like they did in the book of Acts. Jesus will live in you. And if you look in the mirror and you declare, that's who I am, and that is Jesus that you see in the mirror, that's who you're going to be. Continue to hold fast the confession of your hope that it waver not, because he is faithful that promised. We behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are transformed into that same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. And, of course, we know that as we come to the end times, is going to be the greatest manifestation of Christ in the earth in these days because he must get out very quickly the revelation of the true gospel and the plan of God to bring everyone into Christ and walk in the steps of Christ and do the works of Christ. Amen? That's the plan. And God never departed from that. Men did. Men who had no power and no authority took over the church. But we're going to see them um, in the shade, basically, when the man-child begins to do these wonderful signs and wonders and miracles and deliverances and judgment, by the way, against the wicked. Yes, there's going to be something different about this Jesus in the earth because he is going to judge the wicked. And, uh, you know, as Isaiah 61 would have said had Jesus finished the verse, uh, it would have revealed that. But that verse is to be finished in our day, you know, because Jesus in the man-child is not only coming to teach and to deliver and to heal and to provide and all these things, he's also coming to judge. And uh, thank you, Father, that um, he will, as we just read, bring justice in the earth. Justice. Why is it that men have had such a problem bringing justice in the earth? They've come about as close as ever in these days to casting Satan down. Uh, But really, behind the scenes, it's not them or their power. As we read in Revelation chapter 12, it was the saints whose authority was going forth as the angels of God 
were taking that authority and casting Satan down. Today it's the same. Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. So, uh, what we saw here is a corporate body of people joined together perfectly in unity, casting Satan down. Who is it that is using the uh, alliance to cast Satan down? It is the people of the saints of the Most High who are speaking and commanding it to be so. So don't give up. We haven't finished yet. I don't believe God is going to give man the, uh, the power to do this outside of what people are going to see. The man-child is coming to do this. And when he speaks, uh, armies will obey him. They don't know they're obeying him, but he gives the command and the angels carry it out. So in the name of Jesus, Father, we, um, we love you. We appreciate what you are going to do for so many of lost mankind who happen to be your elect from the foundation of the world. Lord, um, we know that Satan uh, through the deep state wants to depopulate. He wants to kill quickly the people that you want to save. And even in their deaths, some of these people have been saved, but also um, others have been provided for and delivered and so on. And, of course, you're teaching your people how to be vessels through whom the Word of God can flow in order to bring God's salvation in the earth. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for finishing the good work you started in us. We see the end from the beginning. We see that we don't live anymore. Christ lives in us, as Paul said, his good confession uh, in the sight of many witnesses. And we see that we, uh, uh, we see Jesus in the mirror. We're gone. We're not there. He's there, and he's doing the work. So, Lord, we know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have to remember that. He strengthens us because of our faith. Not because of our works, but because of our faith. He strengthens us. He moves through us to heal, to deliver, to reveal, so on and so forth. Thank you so much, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you for the for what the church is going to be in the near future. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, we pray for the little sister that she will come out from among them and be separate. And we know that your word says very plainly that that's exactly what's going to happen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for all you do. Thank you for your great and powerful majesty who is going to do this work, your plan from the beginning, Lord. Uh, is very clear to us more and more day by day. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. All right. God bless you, saints. God be with you and keep you. We'll do this again sometime. Amen.
For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels. Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 61623. Though the rivers rise, I still believe. For oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will be my guiding light? Shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you Sacred heart in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea Though the rivers rise, I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea Though the rivers rise, I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus Lord Jesus